0: Now coming for you, hey yo, doo falsetto is my specialty. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, listen up, cuz we got some things to say to you, to the people who listen right now, dooby doo. Gonna have a good time. Yes, we are. My name is A to the Bay. This is Felix for show. Hey, yo. (laughs) Okay. That That was was, our best one yet. That was the longest one. That was a minute or so.
1: We did like three rounds. (laughs) That was great. That was perfect. I just
0: felt like letting my angelic voice take over a little bit. You're swooning the people. Yeah, man. Swoon them. What is the definition of swoon? Swoon. Isn't it uh, like uh, swoon to kind of f- like softly stroke their <laughs> kindness? <laughs> softly stroke their kindness.
1: I'm going to stick to that definition for the rest of my life. Okay. Just good. softly stroke your kindness.
0: <laughs> Swooning.
1: <laughs> it makes me think of a quote from this TV show I used to love, uh, Scrubs. I don't know if you've ever seen Scrubs
0: with Zach Braff,
1: Zach Braff, and Donald Faison. I want to say. And uh, <clears throat> Doctor Cox is kind of like this alpha male super doctor, his mentor. <laughs> and uh, J he was talking to JD, and he always calls JD girl names. So he's like, he, he goes up to JD. He's like, JD, what do women do? And J.D. goes, uh, swoon. <laughs> and that's a, that's my only definition of swoon.
0: Yeah, swoon sounds like, ah, <sighs> swoon. I'll have to look it up.
1: No, nah, I like that definition. All right, we'll stick with it. And I think every listener should actually stick to that definition of swoon
0: <laughs> How are you today, Mr. Felix? Wonderful.
1: It's a, another lovely day in what It is, man perfect temperature there's clouds
0: which is weird i actually really enjoy when there's clouds here yeah this time of year it's kind of a it's a rarity it's more a lot more pure blue skies than than these clouds today some shade right now though the sun is bright sun is bright i try to go outside to get vitamin d in the morning like Today I went like at eleven, just for fifteen minutes. The sun is so intense here. It's southern hemisphere sun. I didn't know about this till I was here. But it's a lot stronger. I think it's because of ozone layer. I'm not sure.
1: There's supposed to be like a big hole in the ozone here. Somewhere around yeah, yeah,
0: here in Australia too. You just feel the sun a lot more intensely. So it's like fifteen minutes is like two hours and Melts your face. Yeah, totally. It stings, man. It hurts. Yeah. It's it's crazy how
1: I mean it can be you can stand in the shade and be cold and then walk into the sun and literally be just dripping sweat yeah. within 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, it's not much.
0: The kids here uh, in the public schools, they're, they all have to wear uniforms, and a hat is a requirement on their uniform. They have to protect their face. Huh. It's very cute. Little kids with their hats. <laughs> kids and hats. Yeah, how do
1: you get vitamin D, though? You just close your eyes and stare at the sky or stare at the sun?
0: no i don't stare at the sun i I think it just comes in from from sun exposure through the skin i don't know if it's a lot but uh you know apparently i think i started it because i was worried about covid and they say vitamin d is good for that but also just feels good like a few minutes a day just feels really healthy my skin feels good i think that's why we we stayed so healthy during this pandemic keyword
1: pandemic i mean we were outside quite a bit during this whole process a lot of us have yards and places where people don't really care if you're outside and totally yeah
0: and also there's something with the altitude here i don't know if we might have talked about this already but but yeah there hasn't been a death in this region of cusco region since some tourists in march apparently so even though peru is apparently one of the most infected countries there hasn't been a major impact up here and they say it's because of altitude hmm. it could also be the sun apparently the virus dies so if you're outside and someone has it and they talk and then a little droplet of saliva comes out of them the uv from the sun kills the virus immediately they Shoot, say man so sun is really really good uh so it's like why are we locking down inside we should be locking out yeah i mean here- <laughs> no one can be inside <laughs> You have to be outside for the pandemic. Um,
1: I mean, here where we live, it's more communal. Everyone works outside. I mean, the locals, for the most part, work outside. A lot of farmers, a lot of goat and sheep herders. Yeah. So a lot of people are outside. Working the land. So healthy. Yeah. Like, these people here are just ridiculously healthy, living at this altitude, being born at this altitude. Totally. Yeah. There's potatoes. I mean, there's a million there's not a million there's three thousand varieties varieties of potatoes
0: here but there's potatoes here that cure cancer yeah they use them medicinally who would have thought a boring old potato but potatoes here man some of these have a lot of flavor and i never knew there was so much variety in the simple potato it originated here yeah i thought
1: they origin for a long time i thought they originated in idaho well
0: yeah what's your favorite kind of potato you know, um,
1: that's a really hard question because I don't know their names. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know
0: a lot of names. The one that I know the name is my favorite. Maybe it's just because I know the name, but the Wairo. Wairo. The Wairo is the purple and white one. It's yummy. It's really good. Uh, put a, cut, we, I cut it into cubes, put some olive oil in the pan, put it in the oven, put some spices and salt on it. It's nice Ooh. and crispy. It goes good in soup too yeah I think those are my favorite the white ones and then there's
1: red ones that are not they're like their skin is super red oh yeah 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 and I can never remember their name
0: I don't remember their uh, Mo- Mo- Martillo maybe or uh, better one. To... Oh, man I don't
1: know I don't know anyway but you cut them open they have like a marbled color on the inside like a red and pink uh huh oh they're good same with the purple like they're like marbled on the yeah inside. they're marbled yeah
0: they crazy nice I'm gonna <laughs> miss that man this might be our last recording for a while in person on the same continent oh man We'll see, but uh, I'm heading. Possibly, my wife and I are heading to Europe in three days. Shit, I haven't even packed or anything. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're gonna go see what it's like there. Potentially, as a potential place to live, eventually we'll see. Where in Europe? We're gonna we're gonna ex- we're gonna feel it out in Berlin. We we both really like Berlin, uh, and then we're gonna feel it out in Portugal. Both places have. Berlin, as far as cities go, it's super pretty chill city, man, a lot of trees and bikes, and there's a plant medicine scene there that, we're, as far as we're aware, and uh, Deutsch. And it's cheap. Uh, no die in any die Deutsch man. <laughs> but I can I mean, when I was in Berlin before I got by, like a lot of people speak English, but if we do decide to settle there, then I'll learn it. And then we're going to check out Portugal, which definitely has a plant medicine scene also pretty cheap for europe and uh, maybe when we're there we'll realize that perus where we want to be but we need to feel it out anyway so so we're going to keep this podcast going uh from uh, remote and uh, we're just th- going to be more global we'll be more global it'll be cool we'll have some different perspectives <laughs> uh you'll be staring at this beautiful mountain and i'll be in berlin looking at buildings and cars and trees <laughs> We'll take pictures.
1: We still need to, I think, for the podcast people, the listeners, we need to show pictures of...
0: Where we are. Where we are. Yeah, yeah. We'll put that up on the... We can put it up on the website, the podcast site.
1: We'll also give you our home address, our phone numbers. (laughs) a blood type. Blood type, social security number. Whatever you need. (laughs) If you just want to steal our identity. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially in Berlin... Things are a bit more open. They're more free, especially right now uh, with, with the COVID. It seems like they're handling it a lot better. Their medical system's a bit more advanced than the rest of the world.
0: Yeah, man. I've been thinking a lot about this. Like, I think that when you compare a lot of Europe to the States, and the States is, seems to be a bit of a shit show with corona again, like outbreaks everywhere. And I mean, there's a lot of factors. I think part of it is in some countries like Germany, uh, they have such a, I don't know, it's a more of a socialized government. So there's more central power. And so you're not getting all these different voices and opinions about what you should and shouldn't do. They they really organized well. So in a pandemic, I guess that kind of government system is good. Uh, they did, I guess, a lot of like tracing and contact tracing. They were really able to to organize around it. Whereas in the States... A lot of people kind of celebrate their, it's like an individual freedom focus and um, power to the states versus the federal government and different states doing different things. So there's no consistency. So, yeah, I've been, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Part of me, I really, what I love about here is, yeah, there's laws and there's government, but they don't really, you pretty much do whatever you want as long as your neighbors are okay with it and you're not bothering anybody. The government doesn't have enough resources and manpower to really keep surveillance on the population. So just kind of do your thing. And that's what I like about here. There's just, you know, more freedom, a lot more freedom. If you buy land, you can do what you want with it. You don't have to get all these permits and different things to be able to build this and that you buy the land and you build and you do your thing. Um, you know, it has its drawbacks, too, but that's one aspect that I really like here, and it'll be interesting uh, to see how that is in Europe. I lived in Europe as a kid, but I haven't experienced it as an adult, and uh, just, you know, what, is, what would it be like to set up business or do our practices there and offerings and how that'll work, so we'll the, see. The
1: thing with, I mean, both of our jobs is we rely a, a lot on international travel, I mean, for all all four of us, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, in, in Europe, it's a bit easier in these these times. Like our closest main supplier of income is the U.S. Yeah, and that's you know it's very very far away.
0: Totally, man. We do we we depend on tourism really. So people coming here looking for plant medicines in Peru. But who knows? I mean, Europe right now is open pretty open within europe and apparently people are looking for retreats and ceremonies but things are changing so quickly and hopefully the borders open up here there's they're saying september october so let's see man.
1: i was hearing august
0: yeah yeah well we're hearing all different things i know uh the the, the funny thing about peruvian
1: information it's kind of like telephone even through like news channels it's like a <clears throat> yeah they say it's going to be july 31st or july 30th and then somebody else is like yeah it's going to be august 15th and somebody (laughs) else is like it's october 25th and it's like "What? what day is it really
0: and even within the government the president says one thing but then the the governors of the different regions say something else even though there's the way the government is structured here as far as i understand is it's more of a central power structure so it's supposed to be whatever the president says goes but yeah, it's pretty mixed up, man.
1: It, yeah, people still kind of do what they want. Yeah, I mean, one major thing I love about Peru is, especially in these more isolated areas, is the fact that communities have their own kind of centralized governing body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoy that. I, I find that, you know, for example, here in this community in Mawan, <clears throat> you steal chickens, the people take it into their own hands. Yeah they don't really call the cops and they they have ultimate say over whether this
0: person should be there or not for sure the people kind of govern themselves and they do that comes from probably just again uh, the police aren't very effective right and there isn't a lot of money in the government so but it seems to work really well man i'm all about like localized rule rather than a distant power deciding what people are doing a thousand miles away you know you remember
1: when they tried to bring Nestle tried to privatize water here
0: yeah dude they shut down the freaking the the people took to the streets shut down the roads like they they really they blocked all economic activity until the government went changed their mind and and said okay well we won't do that it's pretty powerful man I love that they the, and the way they protest is they take somehow move massive boulders into the middle of the road so nothing can get by. <laughs> it's really amazing. And they, should, they shut the roads down for a, quite a while. I think it was like a week, one. It was about one, a the week. The last of the big one, yeah. Yeah.
1: And there was a, <clears throat> down here on the main road in front of Wadan, there was a huge tour bus full of Asian tourists. I, I think they were Chinese um, that got stuck here in Wadan, oh, just yeah? at the bottom of the pista. Uh huh. Yeah. 'Cause they couldn't get around. They couldn't go anywhere.
0: What'd they do? Camp out on the by the river?
1: The the bus was there for a long time and I would see there's the little restaurant there on the road too. Yeah. And people were staying there and like eating there and
0: Yeah. Yeah, the same thing happened. I remember when when we were living in Iquitos, there was the, the paro, so that's like a strike. And the whole city was shut down, man. It was it was kind of like what Corona brought where the streets are empty like if you if you tried to drive around you would have mobs of people stopping you in and saying Jesus no you States. must participate in this and they were i think they were protesting rising oil prices even though the oil is extracted from their land and it does all this damage and uh yeah they were they were protesting that so man Protests with that kind of a cause, like I get it, man, and, and with
1: that organization and strength too, yeah, that stopped it. That stopped the private privatization of water here, yeah, which is unheard of. You look in the states, and people would just go out and they're angry, <clears throat> but here they they block the roads, they stop all car- commerce, they yeah, they just shut things down
0: totally. And here, I mean, they're protesting things that have a very very direct day to day impact on them. Their water supply. And how much they pay for it, and yeah, these people will take to the streets and and make their make it known and felt how they feel about these policies. And yeah, that's I think it's great. And what's amazing too is because a lot of protests in the world in more developed places are organized through social media, and here it's a lot of uh, farmers coming down from the mountain. They don't have social media, but the word gets out through. Uh, people drive around with like loudspeakers either announcing something or selling stuff. So they'll announce that there's going to be a protest and yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, I've been to protest before and it just, it felt
1: very ineffective. Yeah. It felt like we're angry. Here's my sign er we're going to growl at you. Yeah. <clears throat> not, not more recently. I'd say more recently they've, they've turned into more riots over protest but
0: not here but yeah, not here yeah. more in the u.s yeah
1: <clears throat> yeah and it, it didn't feel effective it felt like we were just yelling to try and make change and that didn't change anything yeah it never really worked and here it was like no we're gonna take action and stop what you need to make your money yeah and am sure we'll we'll make a mini sacrifice in that, but we d- we don't want you to take over our thing, yeah. Whatever it is,
0: yeah. And the protests here—they're not at least from what I've seen, and maybe this was different in the past, but they're not violent, and people aren't destroying property. They're simply blocking the road, and then once they're they feel their their demands are met as a mass group, they just remove the rocks from the road, and things go on as normal. So they're. They're considerate to to everyone. We're giving you a a blueprint. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Block the road. On how to rebel.
1: But, I mean, and, you know, in more modern time, I mean, currently uh, in the U.S., the way the protests have been happening and the riots have been happening, it's like they are blocking roads. But it's a lot of violence to public and private property. Yeah. Which.
0: Yeah. Well, and then the States, too, it's so divided, so you have people protesting but they represent i don't know definitely not a majority of the population it's we're just we're seeing some people protest and you also have a large part of the population that's that has a very different view and they're against it whereas here when people are protesting water privatization i don't think there's really much of a counter protest mm-hmm. the only people that might be counter protesting are people high up in government who would benefit from this but but it's a it's a national movement it's like the whole country is against something and they'll all in, in one
1: direction it's like yeah. with the current protests of the blm the black lives matter and like people were showing up with lgbtq you know signs as well like they're promoting gay rights and like uh, all these different things in one it wasn't directed at one thing and there wasn't really a desired outcome mm. i think a lot of people p- had opinions on what they wanted to see come out of these protests like the defund hashtag defund police and oh. things like that but Uh, a lot of other people were like no we don't want you to take away the police we just want there's no
0: consistency there's no there's no like majority it's not focused it's just kind of chaotic and no one even knows what what they want and i've even heard people for different people black lives matter means different things so it's not even consistent um as far as I can tell.
1: But this is the challenge of the U.S., especially with this idea of independence and freedom and liberty and my rights versus your rights. It's, it's, everyone's going to interpret that in their w- own way. Yeah, it's, We, we kind of talked about this last time where he said, no, you're free to do what you want. Well, some people take that and really run with that. You give them an inch and they take a mile yeah you're free to do anything well i'm gonna go burn down the bank and take all the money and
0: yeah yeah it's tricky man or like for some people freedom means they get to impose rules and ideas on other people so that they themselves personally uh feel more free in some way whereas to me freedom is more like uh what is freedom? That's actually a good question. That's a great question.
1: Well, I, <clears throat> I go back to the example of here, because I feel that actually Peru in many ways is the most free country I've ever lived in. And it's not... It's just people leave each other alone for the most part. Government meddles with you if you meddle with, you know, you do something wrong mm-hmm. to them, or the community messes with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's just... the rules aren't as defined here. Mm -hmm. I think when you have such a strong set of rules and so many of them and they're so well defined, everyone's going to try and, or somebody's going to try and find the edge of that rule. Mm -hmm. They're like, Oh, it's like being told as a kid, no, you can't do that. Of course I'm going to go do that after you told me no.
0: Mm.
1: Don't drink a beer. Well, I probably should try that beer if it's that. Right.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I think here there, there are, the laws are defined, but, their enforcement is not and ultimately i think that it probably comes down to just a lack of resources from people who can enforce it because i imagine there are people in power who want the laws enforced but they just can't and so it comes down to like with the village law village rule it's like very simple rules you, you don't you don't steal you don't deface property you don't I don't know. You don't have a party for three days and keep everybody up. Like
1: uh, that rules kind of bendable. <laughs> well, yeah, that's
0: because most people are okay with it. Yeah, right?
1: you don't murder people. You
0: know. exactly, and, and you know, it's like our the woman. I think we already talked about it, but our friend here, who was uh, some guys came into her property with machetes to rob her, and then she managed to chase him off. But then the whole village gathered to find these guys. So with pitchforks and machetes. Yeah. So that's a very obvious breach of 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 a obvious human decency rules you don't freaking go and rob people it's very simple
1: mm. but here as well there, the communities are more intertwined for example like you said with there's no facebook post on when there's going to be a protest they go out and everyone knows They they tell people or it's word of mouth <clears throat> and people know their neighbors very closely and they spend a lot of time with them it's not in the States where it's like my house, my property, my property line, here's my boundary. That's your boundary. Shoot. I, I, man, back home in Maryland, I didn't know half, I didn't know any of my neighbors. No, any of them. Mm-hmm. We knew one neighbor because she went outside often and she was an old, older lady and we'd help her with her garden, but that's it. And it's like a lot of people live that
0: way. And if you don't know your neighbors, you're, how are you going to help your neighbor if they, and how are you going to be held accountable to, Right there's a lot more accountability in this, this kind of rural village environment cause everyone knows everyone. And, um, yeah, man.
1: Yeah. But going back to the independence thing is yeah, the, the independence and this idea of liberty and the right to property, it's like we became, it became my domain is my domain and your domain is your domain. Whereas here when there's somebody who needs a farm worked on, they call their neighbors and their friends and Hey, can you help me plow my farm? And they help out and maybe they get some chicha or a couple soles or whatever, but it's, it's, yeah, I think becoming so independent, independence is great and I love it and I don't, I often promote it, but I think to the idea of separating myself as an individual and being like, I, I don't want anything to do with my neighbors. I don't, I, I want my stuff protected within my space, within my bounds. And this is, this is how I stay safe.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, here, th- this works where the neighbors are all connected and they help each other out. And I'm sure there's some beef between some neighbors. I don't doubt it. In the States, it's, it's so different. It's uh, I don't know why that is, but it's pretty normal to not really know your neighbors. And and also people don't really have fields to work on. Like, yeah, it's just it's really hard to compare. You know, this works here. But I've seen I've I have in
1: <clears throat> in Hawaii for example, our neighborhood Hawaii special was a it, it is very special. Our our neighborhood was a community, and within that community, everyone knew each other. We had potlucks in the neighborhood. All the kids played with each other. Mm-hmm. It was more open and sharing and communal. <clears throat> That's probably because Hawaii is closer to its uh, indigenous roots or ideals or whatever than what the US is the most yeah. the majority of US is and i mean neighborhoods if <clears throat> if neighborhoods were to be super effective cuz they could be super super effective is they would work as a whole and i know that's not always possible cuz there's always drama between neighbors and your lawn looks like shit and you need to have your in- grass cut to 3 inches and all this nonsense <laughs> but if they set all these rules aside as far as how a neighbor's house should be and work together as a team, we would have a much different situation in the US. I mean, where organize I mean, taking over or a government takeover would be much more challenging. Not saying this is gonna happen, but or even, you know, <clears throat> uh robbers or thefts or sometimes gangs move into neighborhoods, whatever it is that that when a community is organized together, they become super effective. Isolated and alone. Great. You can do, you can do some things, but as a community, as a whole, you can always do 10 times more. Yeah. The original idea of the Crips, for example, community resistance in progress.
0: Interesting. So they, they set up as a, as a well-intentioned organization.
1: Well, they stemmed from the Black Panthers. Huh. And, you know, the Crips and the Bloods kind of split into two different factions and had their own beef. for But no it was reason. about
0: neighborhood protection.
1: Community resistance and progress, yeah.
0: Which is huh. fascinating. Yeah, that is really fascinating. Yeah, it seems in the States and in a lot of, I mean, more modern developed worlds, uh we just lead such isolated lives in a way. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. So like in a standard city in suburbia, people are only home at night in the daytime. They commute to work somewhere else, school somewhere else. They come home at night, they eat, they go to bed. And then now also more and more, it's just, it seems life is set up for people to be able to stay at home and not go anywhere just through, you know, Netflix and all these other things. So, so it's almost, it's set up to be really easy to just be, to live in these bubbles. You have your house bubble, your work bubble, school bubble, and, you know, and then maybe people in cities, they'll go downtown to go to the bar, or go to the sports, you know, baseball game, whatever. But there's not really like, in a lot of cities, there's no community events, or at least if there are, like, I remember when I was a kid, there were block parties where uh, one, one, they would the people would try to organize. A lot of people wouldn't come, but they would. We would block off the whole street, and everyone, neighbors, would come out and hang out. That's just, that's nice, you know. It's, uh, but it seems we're trending away from that. There's a lot of, and and the more time we spend isolated from our neighbors, the more uh, kind of a distrust starts to f- ferment. In in that, if you don't talk to someone for a long time, it leaves space to start making stories about that person and what they are and who they are that aren't necessarily true and you lose that human contact. It's the same reason that uh, on social media, like Twitter and Facebook, you see people say really vile, evil shit to each other that they would never say in person, but this distance, uh, you know, it, 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 it leaves space for kind of the darker side of our, of human beings. And, and, so, yeah, I I see that in neighborhoods, too. It's just like there's no contact, so there starts to be mistrust, and then, yeah, we just live isolated lives from our neighbors.
1: And, and humans are naturally social beings. This is why yeah. solitary confinement is a terrible punishment by law. <clears throat> you know, it, I agree with you 100% when you say it feels like things are cultivated towards more of an isolated state. I mean shit, I don't really need to leave my home. We can get things delivered if we really wanted to. I don't need to go out into the communities. And it's like, man, but I really enjoy going into the markets and seeing the people we constantly buy from and, and meeting these. I like meeting new people. Yeah,
0: it adds flavor, man. To it does. Life. Even though going to the market takes time. It's a couple hours out of the day, but it's like this is what it is to be alive. Life I don't think we're here living, at least I'm not living for convenience. I'm living for learning and even the challenges that arise and going to the market is part of that and and connecting with people and bargaining and all this stuff is, that's the juice, man. That's the the sweetness of life. Well, I was listening to a, a podcast or a part of a clip
1: of a podcast with Joe Rogan and Kabir or Khabib <coughs> cannot remember his last name. I'll look it up and post it in the, uh, notes, but he's a uh, fighter. He's a fighter, and he said the main issue with people, especially with this isolation isolation idea, where you say they go online and people just butcher each other, is like they don't know the real meaning of violence. And he's a martial artist, and he says, you know, martial arts teaches us to be naturally a better person because we don't want to be in a fight. Yeah, we're we're learning how what it's like to fight. And how to be good at it, but that doesn't mean we like it. Like I don't like hurting people, for sure. But that makes me even more respectful to people. And so this guy was telling a story. He was on an airplane, and he leaned his seat back, and the guy literally punched the back of his his uh, chair uh-huh. because his his laptop was there. And the guy, you know, he didn't know that his laptop was there, and he folded his laptop a bit. And this guy just said some really angry, very mean things. And the guy in the front of the seat, he was like, he turns around, he's like, he challenges him on that. And the guy immediately shuts up and shuts down. He's obviously never been confronted. Right. It's like, I'm sure a lot of these internet trolls and these people who say terribly violent or horrible things online, they've never been confronted face to face. It's a very different thing. It's the same thing with rolling. It's like. When you roll with somebody, it's a very different thing than just practicing a move over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Because then it's it's like, oh, well, that person's also going to maybe choke me or hurt me or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's a different threat level in the mind. So if you don't have that level of threat, I mean, the level of threat has been there since the dawn of time of humanity. We've right. always known, okay, we have to defend ourselves if a saber-toothed tiger comes forward and, or whatever. Our tribe gets attacked by another tribe. And nowadays, we don't really have to worry about that. We can stay in our house, and we can talk as much shit as we want online and pretty much get
0: away with it. Get away with it, except it must leave a nagging feeling. I don't know. Is this Not all people shit are good. Or- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not all people are good. I, mean, I want to believe that everybody has goodness in them. People are astray or distracted from that or afraid or... Do you you believe that there are inherently, like, evil people? Or do you believe that it's up to the person to cultivate good or evil within themselves? Do you think some people are born a certain way?
1: I mean, in a greater context of looking at this lifetime not being the only reflection of a life, sure, absolutely. I think that over... Thousands of lifetimes if somebody's a murderer and a rapist and all this, you know, they're terrible, terrible people. I think that's going to keep following them until they finally decide they want to do something better.
0: So they can make a choice.
1: They can make a choice. I, don't, I think you can always make a choice to change. Mm-hmm. But I think people can be... I don't think we're born inherently evil. I think there's always that spark of goodness. Mm-hmm. But through trauma, through whatever our life circumstances are, through our mindset... Um, through a desire for power after being traumatized, we we can become rather dark as humans. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I don't want to say that there is no spark whatsoever. Yeah, it's a challenging one. Like, would you say for like Hitler, and Hitler was there something inherently good in him, but that would be based on interpretation. Maybe for that person, what he was doing is inherently the best thing he could ever do And he doesn't know what wrong is. So with right and wrong is such a huge, huge philosophical topic.
0: Yeah. I think about this all the time. And to me, like someone like Hitler, I always point to trauma. Maybe that's just because of the world that we work in. There's a lot of talk about trauma and plant medicine retreats and circles. And it's about healing trauma and I I don't really know, I don't know much about Hitler's uh, life, early life, childhood, but there must have been a lot of shit for him to turn that way, man. But who knows? I don't know. I don't know anything. I just look for good people. And I look for the good and even in the people that that I disagree with or trigger me. I think that a lot of what like it's really pains me watching the U.S. from a distance um, because it seems that people on either side are painting each other as basically evil. When even what's going on now, I've, man, I feel like I've been on both sides of the fence in my life. And no matter what side I was on, I don't think I was evil. I just had a different set of ideas. And the only way out of this predicament in the states i think is if there somehow is some kind of leadership or even just a recognition on a mass scale from all the people that the other side isn't evil they they have a different set of ideas and if we approach it from that way then we start listening to each other but man and and again i'm watching from a distance so i know that like what we're perceiving of the states right now it's through media uh it's through podcasts, it's through hearing our families. Like I listen to my families talk about all their qualms with politics and all that. Um, so, I don't know, I might have a different view if I were there right now, but overall it just seems that that's the case. It's like both sides think that the other side is evil, is inherently like evil and wants to cause harm that's not the case people are just really stuck in one way of seeing things and it's a lot more complex and I think most people most people I think are have that more of the good than the evil in them that spark most people it seems but my, my teacher he said that uh my tobacco teacher and he said that it's so interesting his view when he walks around in the, in the city you know uh, it breaks his heart because he sees basically a lot of people are basically like zombies and in a spiritual sense, they're completely disconnected from their spirit. Their spirit is dead and they're like the walking dead. That's, that's the way he perceives it. And after he shared that, I kind of started looking through those eyes and it's, man, I see a lot of that too. It's not that people are, these people are evil. It's that they've lost, the connection to spirit, they lost, lost that spark, lost the connection to God, whatever it is. And they're like drones walking around with just floating through life without that spark, man. And I think that spark can, it can be reignited, but there has to, from that, within that person, there has to be some kind of intention or desire to find that again. It has to be a be- belief in it. And that's basically what led me to Peru is I felt like a walking dead, a zombie and depressed. And, but there was something in me that was calling to face that and heal that and regain that spark. So I'm really glad I found this journey. Your spirit didn't want to die. It didn't want to die. Mm -hmm. No man. Uh, And sometimes I think about that. I'm like, are there dead spirits? Are there people so disconnected that it's a lost cause? Like, I don't know, man. I, I never want to say it's... I, this can't be a loss. There's not a loss. There has odds. to be hope always. There's. Yeah.
1: I mean, if not in this lifetime for that person, maybe another lifetime. Mm-hmm. And it's. this is the interesting thing, what I feel with medicine work, and it's like this intention to help people and this desire to help people. I, I've shared this before, but... It's almost like stepping further and further back from what I even think is right. Because that's such a muddled zone, especially for the individual. This complex, every human being is so complex. There's so much to this massive universe that sits in front of me. How can I ever decide or know what's actually the best thing for that person, regardless of whether it seems like it's harming them or not? Sure, we can pull that off of them and hopefully give them the space and choice to, to make their own decision. But it's almost the more I'm do this work. I, I feel like I just, I want to watch how can I ever think my perfection is higher than something, you know, that, that made this being in front of me. Yeah. And and it doesn't matter what it is. It can be terrible, terrible, horrible things. Like <clears throat> I think of, you know, the Holocaust, You know, the Holocaust is such a horrible, horrible time in humanity or Hiroshima and Nagasaki
0: or the Stalin. I'm reading that book. Stalin, man, that that dude fucking led some atrocities, things. Yeah. 20 to 40 million people. But they had their purpose
1: like the evil had its purpose it it showed us how not to be and hopefully we never have a repetition of the holocaust hopefully we never have a repetition of human slavery again yeah we i i never i hope that we've
0: learned these lessons they're there they're in our history they're in our face and 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 viewing it that way that they served a purpose it's not saying that those events were okay but i think it's actually honoring those who suffered and died in it that they didn't suffer and die for nothing no they suffered and died so that not so that but a result of their suffering and dying was people realizing that we need to be really careful as human beings because we we i think we all have everything within us Mm -hmm. and whatever we feed and we focus on is that that's what will grow but I think that the Hitlers and Stalins and mass murderers and Mansons of the world, that that can exist in any human being, and these events can serve as a reminder uh, that history can repeat itself, and it has. And we also have have a choice as individuals and as societies to, to move, stop that. To stop that. To to remember. Mm-hmm. I don't, man. I when I was in my twenties. I a lot of times just believed in erasing history man and just like who cares about history it's already done but now as i get older i just i start i just start to see cycles and patterns within myself uh whether it's depression or just how i handle life and repetitive behaviors and responses to situations that aren't helpful and we talked about this last time like the hardest thing is Shifting out of old patterns, but it's something it's doable. And I think these repetitive patterns play themselves out in humanity and uh, They they have as long as we're as far back as we're able to look at recorded history. There's these same themes emerging And I do think it's in our power and a lot of people believe that We're going through a process. I mean of uh, Retribution well, right. No, but like it's about raising the vibration basically Mm. of humanity and by, by coming out of these lower vibrations, however you want to put it, we start to move out of these, these patterns that we had before of war and murder and oppression and all of this. Um, and, and I think it's a natural tendency right now. It feels like that's, that's what's wanted. There's an energy for that, but a lot of people are holding on, uh, or resisting or not able right now to see that uh, but I think it's really important the more I read about history and the more I see it echoed in the present day uh, it yeah it brings me a lot of like I have to pause and really consider like what's going on in the world right now and I hope we can rise above uh, a lot of the division and strife because this has played out before and it's not pretty when it continues to in its current path. And I'm talking about the United States again. I mean, I think the world in general, there's a lot of this kind of shit's happening in a lot of places, but the U S is kind of front and center stage right now. Yeah. And maybe that's, I mean, maybe that's cause that's the media we we consume, but people look at the U S man, people even hear and talk to locals. They know what's going on there. So I have a, I don't know if you've
1: seen that there's actually a revolution going on in Chile right now. no, Right now, there's a revolution in Chile. Really? Right now. Tell me more, man. Yeah. Really? Um, absolutely.
0: See, yeah, man, I'm so caught up in.
1: I haven't seen hide nor hair of it up in in the news.
0: So, what's? Do you know any much about it?
1: I I have little. I literally my I spoke to my um, mother yesterday, and she was like, "Oh, did you hear about the Chilean revolution?" And I was like, "No." nothing i haven't seen anything in any kind of mainstream media i haven't seen any mention of it wow
0: so wonder oh i I want to learn more about what's going on there this wouldn't be the first time and maybe we're not hearing about it here also because latin american countries don't want to talk about it because they don't want the same shit probably afraid yeah (laughs) because really no kidding so that little side note little
1: tangent but <clears throat> Going back to what you were saying about history, that was the reason they erected the Holocaust Museum in the mall in in d c washington d c mm-hmm. It was there it was set up there as a reminder yeah uh, the president who erected I cannot remember his name, but he said that this needs to be we need to remember everything that happened during this war
0: because this can't happen again totally, and our tendency is we want to turn away from that because it 's so atrocious. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be painful to remember it, uh, but it's totally important, man. And and not saying this <clears throat> as a
1: as like, oh, this is a better route. But it, it's a it feels more beneficial to me to remember these things, these horrific events that have happened. You know, slavery in the U.S., Stalin, Hitler, um, these these horrible, horrible things, as a reminder of we should try and always steer away from these mentalities and we have to research them and figure out at the core, what their ideals were. You know, Hitler wanted to make the Aryan race, the superior race. They wanted to destroy all <clears throat> races. Well, that's a, that's a pretty similar, I not similar. I don't want to say it's a similar idea, but it's when we start ridiculing one race over another race, we're starting to create that mentality again. Yeah. And that's, Super dangerous. Yeah, super super dangerous. Even if there has been atrocities between the races
0: it can start as a It seems like a well-intentioned movement and then but if you really look at it, you can see where it goes It doesn't go anywhere pretty (laughs) and I'm not saying that You can't be angry at
1: the people who had done things to you or your family you know, directly, if I'm going to punch you in the stomach, you'd probably be pretty upset with me. But if my great-great-grandfather, you know, seven generations back, whatever, <clears throat> did something to another person, and they carry that grudge through generation after generation after generation, in all honesty, <clears throat> how does that have anything to do with me, this yeah. manifestation of me? Yeah. Did I, And and I know this is a very... Controversial argument But I I've hoped that we've evolved over the generations to see that wait We're not that different and we don't need to be at war with each other anymore
0: Yeah, man um, It's it is a really Sensitive subject and I mean just naming it, I mean, I think we're both talking about like in the states right now like black lives matter movement and I had a long discussion with my wife about it because I was getting frustrated with where it was going And she also comes from a trauma perspective, informed perspective. And, you know, in her view, it's like, even a trauma that wasn't committed on me in this lifetime, if it happened many generations ago in my family, that trauma gets passed on through the lineage ancestrally. And there is definitely something to be said and space needs to be made for people to be able to express the pain that they still feel. Uh, Absolutely. But like you said, I don't think it's effective or useful or productive to, to look for someone to blame right now for that. Uh, What needs to be done in our country is the country needs to hold space for people. And right now it's specifically descendants of slaves uh, needs to hold space for them to express their pain and look within. So give them space to look within and heal that. And I think all I can do as a person who is not descendants of slaves is hold space for that and listen with compassion. I don't know what it's like to be a black person in America. I, I know black people and, and they all have different experiences. I know black people who, who point to slavery as a big cause for a lot of their suffering now i know black people who say who want to let that go and who want to live in the moment and not not perpetuate that story within themselves um but but uh, you know clearly there's an issue otherwise all these people wouldn't be speaking their truth right now and so clearly it's not some fabrication uh and I think it needs space holding it, but there also needs to be a willingness on the side of those who are expressing their pain to own it rather than project it and blame those who are currently in society. And I don't think most people are doing that. Again, I think we're looking at this through the lens of media and we're hearing kind of the most extreme voices. I think most people are pretty reasonable about it. And I think most black people in the States are totally reasonable about it we're we're hearing kind of the extreme end of it and that's that's it's like those are it's like the squeaky wheel is the one that gets the microphone in this case you know so that's what we're hearing about mm. and the media is always focusing on these extreme views so uh, on either side but when most people are kind of reasonable in the middle and understanding that it's a complex situation i believe that most people have that within them to see it that way uh, well
1: in in no ways is this a ridicule or a statement how this should be approached? I, you know, even acknowledging the generations that have suffered these traumas, you're absolutely right. in that, that trauma, that ancestral trauma does translate through to the, you know, the current manifest or the youngest generation. I just, I feel if we're such a modern society, we're such a connected society. I, I, I pray that we have it opportunity to evolve past our our prior reactions and interactions we we have spoken of how the the power of the internet and the internet is incredibly powerful there's so much information out there literally if i wanted to research anything i could go down that rabbit hole for weeks months i don't know a year on the internet and still not even touch the surface of what i'm i'm looking for So we have all this information at our fingertips. We have all this opportunity to speak our voice. And I just, I hope that we don't utilize violence as a way of retribution. We don't seek retribution within these actions of trying to find healing for the past. That never works. Revenge never works. The old proverb of, you know, the man who seeks revenge might as well dig
0: two graves. Yeah. Yeah. Or an eye for an eye. an eye for an eye. What, what does that change? These proverbs exist for a reason. Again, because history repeats itself. We've, we need to learn from that. Totally, man. I, you know, I, I just see, I kind of see both sides of it and what's going on in the States. And I, so you have Black Lives Matter movement. Then you have a whole opposition to that movement. And some of that opposition is also not helping because they're just basically denying the they're not holding space basically like I think we both kind of perceive it through the plant medicine lens and when we hold space or when we facilitate other space holders offering plant medicine basically at least my goal with that is to empower a person to look within and give them space for that to be able to, to heal themselves and um, uh, undo a lot of programming that comes from so much. It comes through ancestry. I, I, I had, man, my journey with plant medicine, I realized how much of my view of the world, all of it, was shaped by this programming. A lot of it came through my family. I, I looked at patterns within myself and recognized it in my father, my grandfather, my mother's side. All these things come to me um and then there's programming from media and culture and film and all of it and these plant medicines specifically psychedelics uh if used with that intention can help us shed a light on that and give us an opportunity to see that programming and then start to deprogram it basically we want to be deprogrammed we want to be clear have this clarity and so the that's what's missing in the state i don't know if i don't know if our country has the capacity to hold space in that way facilitation. I mean, it took me a year of really uh, at least a year for me to even get comfortable with that kind of a role and what that means to me. Facilitation. I had this idea that, you know, when you drink plant medicine, uh, people with wrong ideas, get new wrong programming, get new programming. That's better. But no, it's not about that. It's about, unprogramming and seeing clearly from a present moment place because if we look around look at all the problems in the world if everybody were to suddenly become fully present like Eckhart Tolle style or you know Buddha whatever <laughs> then a lot it would be a very different world because a lot of the conflict and division right now is base, is not based on the present it's based on thoughts and ideas and stories, and it's based on the past, and it's based on uh, uh, a projection of what of the future of what it might be. But the, a future projection is basically just taking the past and pasting it onto a timeline down the road. So we actually don't know. If everyone were simply present, I would love to be just totally present all the time. What would we be talking about? What
1: probably be just staring at each other. A lot of people
0: would lose their jobs. A lot of commentators and. And news pundits and all these people, they would lose their jobs. I don't think we'd be staring at each other. I think we'd be laughing a lot. We'd be making jokes, speaking spontaneously, uh, freestyle rapping, uh, you know, or creating beautiful art. The most beautiful art isn't planned and premeditated. Someone sits down, they connect with something presently, and they create beautiful art. I think that's what we're here to do. Mm. And we're getting all caught up in this division and arguments based on something that actually isn't even concrete and real right now in this present moment man this is idealistic of course and I I don't know how we get there but I just I think it's important to name that and like I, I notice myself getting triggered when I read certain news stories and then I really sit down and and Center myself and breathe and I realize I'm getting triggered just over some words that are floating around in my mind mm. what but what's actually happening right now in this present moment with me here this reality well my breath (laughs) comes down to the breath we all need to just take some breaths (laughs) just start breathing (laughs) again guys breathe let's get off the fucking twitter and breathe and get off the facebook and breathe and gather and and if i'm have a disagreement with someone let's sit down and breathe and share ideas and understanding and and come to a better place from that That'd be pretty cool, man. Yeah, that'd be
1: not a utopia, but it'd be a very special place. Makes me think of Zen Buddhism. <clears throat> There's a Zen Buddhist practice where the master asks the student, he says, show me the most, the purest expression of yourself now. And the person's like, well, okay, well, let me think. What is the purest expression of myself? How can I express myself in the most pure way? Hmm. So they come to the teacher and they do something. He's like, no, 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 You thought too much about that. Go. You need to show me the purest expression. And the guy goes off. And he's like, okay. thinking about it. Yeah. So one guy brings a frog back. The purest expression is this. And the Zen master looks at it and he goes, yeah, that's too idealistic. <laughs> and the guy goes off and the student goes off again. Thinks about it. Okay, how am I going to get the purest expression? And this time he just is like, okay, I'm just going to go to my teacher. And he picks up a stick and he hits him on the head. He goes, ah. You're getting closer. Uh Uh-huh. There it is. (laughs) But it's like, in all honesty, like, I, I think about this often. Like, how do I express myself purely? What is the purest expression of myself? And I think that's where I get into a place of I never can judge anyone ever because I don't really know their purest expression. That could be their purest expression whatever it is doesn't matter what they're yelling about doesn't matter what they're doing in the street that's their purest expression how could i ever be upset with it that's like that true presence Mm -hmm. is like i don't really know what you need to do and i think that you know within this movement this um black lives matter movement i think all expressions have to be expressed And i'm not trying to take the the neutral position but it's that's a part of presence that's a part of like I don't know what the right way is. I don't. And I think that we're, we're all trying to find our right way. I, I hope there is an evolution in how we approach past frustrations. I hope there's an evolution in how we see each other. I hope there's an evolution in how we treat each other, not only face-to-face but on over social media and all this crap. I hope we do get brainwashed. And I use that term in a very different way. Brainwashing is like actually cleaning your brain. Cleaning out all the shit. <laughs> not not being
0: led into something else, but yeah, cleaning the shit. With a totally clean slate, our natural state, like in that story you just told, probably wouldn't involve hitting someone on the head with a stick, right? But that's what came naturally for him in the moment based on his frustration or whatever it is, so... Yeah,
1: but it's a fun. This is a fun idea and a fun game that I recommend anyone play this game is look into religion and read about one religion for a period of time and really try and believe it like work yourself into really believing it and then let it go and then go into another religion and really, really believe it and then let it go and then go into another religion and keep just just believe it and just realize how malleable your BS is your belief systems are. Robert Anton Wilson
0: talks about doing this. Uh-huh. That's actually a really interesting idea. It would, or you could also do the same with um, just what's going on in the world now through media. Like, read the other side for a month and just really believe it and take it on. Uh, because I've done that in my lifetime. And so I, it leads to me not being able to hate anybody because I know how easy it is to be on either side. It's just a set Gemini. of ideas that I'm adopting. Yeah, that's maybe my Gemini nature. <laughs> no, but no, it's,
1: <laughs> but it's a beautiful quality of the Gemini. to have that neutrality. And,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, I appre- I'm really grateful for it because um, now I have my own set of views and values um, that have changed dramatically since i I mean, really since plant medicine in the past eight years or so. Um, I see the world very differently. Um, but when I encounter people that see the world similar to the way I did 10 years ago, I have compassion and I can sit down and hear their point of view as if it was my own because it was. And so we can easily flip, man. Some people feel so entrenched in their ideas and this is, they're only on this one side, but I'm telling you, you could, that person invest the next year of just reading the other side with an open mind. Things shift. It's pretty crazy.
1: This is what we're talking about ultimately It's an open mind. <clears throat> this is where that exercise of looking at a religion and really falling into it and believing it 100% and then jumping out of it. Uh-huh. Is that 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 malleability of your mind needs it's it needs to be brought into our forefront of our awareness because that's the danger if we don't have control of that malleability. And we just start reading something and we take it for facts immediately. We get lost. We get mm-hmm. lost so quickly and manipulated by other people's ideas. Who,
0: who Other people who think their idea is so right they want others to believe it.
1: And another little fun game is like taking an article about something.
0: I love how you call them little fun game. A little fun game. Uh, go into each major religion and really go for it. It's a little game. <laughs> but come out. Don't forget to come out. Yeah, yeah. And don't stay
1: there. <laughs> but I, I love games. We've, we've talked yeah. about this before. It's like I, that's how I see my life is yeah. like just keep expanding in that play. Uh, another one is reading reading an article but just – with no opinion just go into the article with nothing no idea no mentality no prior readings from something else like it's the first radical article you've ever read and read it three different times huh and each time you read it you're gonna
0: get a different opinion even from the same article yeah the mind is so inconsistent yeah dude i i know that even there are probably things i've said on this podcast that might contradict themselves Because that's another thing, man, that is leading a lot of us astray is we trust our mind (laughs) and we trust whatever current opinion. We trust that to be the right one and the true one. And we act based on that. And then a few days later, our mind changes and either we try to grasp on the old idea, even though it's no longer relevant, or we feel really shitty for having acted on that old idea. And it's, man, I've... That's another thing from plant medicine and diets, sitting in isolation, noticing the nature of the mind. And again, this is where I think connection with something higher, spirit, that's where we need to anchor our being. Not in the mind. The mind is not designed to be our God. Our God (laughs) needs to be something consistent and clear and stable and grounded and anchored. And that is not the mind. And so how, well, I don't totally know, except that um, when I first met my wife, she noticed I was always lost in thought. And she just said something. She was like, you don't believe those thoughts, do you? <laughs> I was like, well, it blew my mind just that question. But then as I really started to look within, it's like, oh shit, these thoughts are completely changing and they're so influenceable by outside sources and, that doesn't mean I, like, I think it's natural to have opinions about things, but we need to be open and recognize the fragile nature of that aspect of mind. I think the mind is designed, the mind in its best use, like we said, is is a tool and it's, that's how I build a house or uh, in, read a book or uh, create something, build something, uh, plan to make the plane on time. That's what it's for, man. The, the challenge is the lack of limitation or the self-imposed
1: mental limitations and the lack of limitation the mind really has. This is where people think they're going crazy because they have thoughts that are just so far out there or so weird that they're Oh man. I should never, ever think those thoughts. Well, that's everyone. Everyone yeah. has that aspect. This is the this is imagination sure people solidify their mind and go into these places of being very stuck <clears throat> we spoke about this last podcast of you know these whirlpools of depression or anxiety uh-huh. or whatever they are these these mindsets that are very they're very rigid they're not fluid they've they've found something to attach to and they've stuck there and they've believed it mm-hmm. and that's yeah and and it, it's funny cuz i listen to our podcast like you know, three podcasts ago, I'm like, man, that's not what I feel now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it changes every single day, and I and I want to keep changing, and I want to keep evolving, and I want to do better. And and I never want to say that my opinion is right; it's not, or my idea is right; it's not. I I like the way I look at the world that it's
0: open enough that I can, I can be wrong enough, yeah, to hopefully learn something. Totally, man. I feel the same way. That's why I'm I'm learning to get past this, but it, it's just this fear. I had a fear around podcasts and saying anything because I'm afraid that I won't feel the same way the next day and people will judge me on what I said before. But my hope, my intention for this podcast is that while yes, I will have opinions that might change or I'll share thoughts that will change from one day to the next. But I think we keep, I intend that we keep coming back to pointing out that place that is beyond all of that because that's where the deep peace <laughs> that that deep peace comes from beyond words beyond words exactly and i think that's i think that's what we're doing you know
1: yeah and and of course like there's going to be conflict within our words and i and i i just I encourage our listeners to always just be open with us like we're just we're, we're learning we're exploring we're exploring these places that are unknown and sometimes they touch currents st- topics and um happenings and yeah we don't know what's the right answer (laughs) for any of it Mm -hmm. not even for you or just we just want to have an open mind to to explore these topics
0: openly Mm -hmm. yeah i find i get a lot of clarity from our conversations afterward i just i leave feeling really kind of clear it's like okay i got these ideas out there it's almost you know sometimes these ideas they need to be expressed so they can be worked out and brought into alignment with my essential nature and being and if they're if i just let them float around in my mind i can play with them all day but expressing it and having you witness it and then having a conversation about it uh i think it refines it and it's almost like uh landscaping like it's like trimming the hedges you know bringing them making them nice and straight and aligned with the garden rather than just growing out of control without any attention you know so uh
1: but it's fun. I mean, I, I. We could even always oppose each other, and always find an opposition in ideas, and still be free in that. Like, there's never a lack of freedom in opposition. There's always more freedom in opposition, mm-hmm. because you've just found a different road, and you're always going to have to find a different road to opposition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we're going to receive comments that are very opposing and you know great yeah how can we find a new road together
0: let's talk about it yeah yeah uh, opposition seems to be natural i mean it seems to be the law of the universe i mean there's nighttime and daytime but nighttime and daytime aren't fighting each other they give each other pretty equal space totally equal space as far as i know so uh, they're in harmony they're in harmony the yin yang. So, so I don't know that opposition of ideas will ever go away, but I, I believe we can work towards a harmony and a respect and an understanding that uh, opposition is important. It's important to have perspective. And we just need to hold space for each other and keep each other accountable and not hurt each other. This is the challenge with being in a social
1: standing in in any means, whether it's Facebook, whether it's a podcast, whether it's Twitter mm-hmm. is... There's always going to be something opposing or offended or, you know, ready to fight the words that have come out, which we spoke about a a post on Facebook that I, I, I wrote, but it was just around the idea of, you know, we're, we're just fighting each other over words on Facebook to try and prove
0: what, what are you going to gain out of, you know, berating someone online? Exactly all you're gonna get if you win the argument is you're gonna get a solidification of your thoughts and ideas Which is not helpful. Yeah, I was right. See see I was right yeah. You need to know I am right. I think that's a lo- an issue in the discourse too because I talk about not hurting each other I think we can choose not to be hurt by opposing viewpoints But a lot of people take opposing viewpoints as an affront as an aggression on themselves mm-hmm. but they're they words and we can choose, I can choose not to be hurt or offended by someone else's opposing view. But, but there's a lot of this going around, and I think it points to what you mentioned earlier. We don't really have any, any, any space or avenue in general to express conflict in, like, fighting or jujitsu, for example. Uh, and so we decide we need to take pain from someone else's viewpoint, I think a key to feeling peace in life is hearing other viewpoints and just seeing them. When I, when someone has an opposing viewpoint to me, all I see it is like, Oh, that's a mind with a different set of stories and experiences. And it's expressing itself to my mind. It has its own set of stories and experiences, but it's not who I am and it's not who they are. So I can hear all that. And if I'm in my center and clear, then I see them as spirit, as a, as the spirit of the, as their essence, not as their set of ideas that might happen to be in opposition to my set of ideas, which are not who I am. I'm not my thoughts and ideas. It's easy to say sometimes I feel like I am, but I know I'm not <laughs> because they change all the time. So how can I be that? What I am is something far more, what we all are. I believe is something uh, that is connected and eternal. And if we live in that, Peace can arise. Peace, God. Peace.
1: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the uh, butchering online has kind of come, especially now, when I look at, like, it doesn't matter what people are posting, they post a simple thing, and they just, there's an angry comment in the comment bar. There has to be. There
0: has to be. There, there has, has to, to be Even a the cutest YouTube video has to get thumbs down, Yeah. Man. <laughs> but...
1: But within that, I think a lot of it's come from video game culture. <clears throat> I've talked about playing video games online. And back when I used to play, like, you don't know, Call of Duty online. Man, everyone, the two teams can basically talk to each other before they go into the game. And the things people would say to each other was... Nobody knew each other. Nobody knows each other. They don't know what they're doing. They're just playing a game. And they're just literally saying... Fuck you. You're the worst person like just the worst. I don't want to repeat anything
0: that they say because it's just horrible they say the worst worst shit possible well it's easy to do when we're not actually physically present with one another exactly because basically all that is is it's proving that the mind is not who we are because it's really easy for one mind to hate another mind exactly. But when we're in presence with one another, even if we're not connected with the idea of spirit, it's a lot harder to just hate on someone when we're in presence. Because there is awareness there may be violence. <laughs> that and also there was maybe awareness there's something greater and beyond just the words that they're putting mm-hmm. out there. It's, uh, th- that's, again, pointing to the issue now with the discourse is it's all digital. It's all done, removed from actually face-to-face contact. Even
1: the president tweets yeah <laughs> a lot <laughs> so yeah it's but it's funny because even in the video game chat the the there was that awareness of i know you're not face to face with me they're like well come find me then
0: <laughs> yeah <agreed. laughs> come to my
1: house it's like great cool i'm gonna fight you over an internet war of words like ooh. you know it's just it's it's hilarious so the, it's it's almost a pent-up aggression you know that comes from isolation that comes from depression that comes from Removing ourselves from our social community or from the community at large, uh, we think we're we're a community by internet, and it's not true. It's a false community because again, there's that facade or a face or a mask that people can hide behind, and in a face-to-face discourse with people, it's a very different situation. Like you said, I, I don't, I don't know. I I think that it removes a lot of the issue. That also this is why martial arts are so valuable is violence is the last option. And so in that we remain calm. And in that we know if violence is an option, we have tools. We have a set of plans that can go in whatever direction they need to go in, but they're there. And that
0: makes us relax even more. And when a person senses a relaxed person, they even relax. And what I love about, Martial arts, well, specifically jujitsu, at least in the way we're learning it, its, its intention is not violence. Its intention is to end violence, to stop it by submitting someone. So y- people think of martial arts as a violent sport. Well, technically they're designed, at least the self-defense arts and jujitsu, are designed as a way to get past violence. It's fascinating. Two jujitsu masters aren't going to. It's not going to be this perpetuation of violence that escalates. It's eventually, by its very nature, someone will get tired and it'll end. That's the point of it. Mm-hmm. If we all knew jujitsu, that'd be another interesting. The world would be a very different place, too. It'd be a lot more respect, I think. And it's like a well armed society, too. Armed society
1: is a play society. That's why back in the day when there were swords, people. Who had conflict with each other? They'd have a sword fight,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and most of the time, they they decide that it wasn't worth the sword fight. Exactly. (laughs) So the threat of the sword fight is what kept them from having a sword fight. (laughs) 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 Hey man, we got to wrap this up. We got we got our wives coming over. Sounds good, man. O T time. This was episode seven. (laughs) Episode seven. Yeah, the heptagram, which is on my back. Seven's a great number, man. It's a magic number. My favorite numbers are seven, three, seven, nine, and twelve. Huh, mine are one, four, and seven. Oh, interesting. It's a Kabbalistic path. <laughs> oh, interesting. I'm a big fan of the threes and the 9s. Oh, I like threes too. Yeah. Huh. Cool, dude. Well, it's been a pleasure. It and, has. Uh, whether the next one is from a distance or if I'm still here, until then, until next time. Thanks for listening. To beyond words. Ciao.